Hello, soccer fans in South Florida and beyond. Welcome to Magic City Soccer, a Day Brigade podcast. This is, of course, your home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Uh, thanks again for joining us. We are happy to be starting Episode 2. Uh, as we did last week, I have Drew Hausman on the line talking about everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Drew, how you doing? Doing great. I'm doing great. Not three points. We got one this week, but I'll take a road draw. Yeah, it's uh, it's we got a lot to talk about, a lot to chew on uh, regarding that game that we'll get to in a second. Uh, we uh, are really have a lot to dive into last week, so let's get started right away and let's talk about the game. Three um, three, uh, a really exciting, entertaining uh, match in terms of, of lighting up the scoreboard, uh, which Miami FC seems to be either they love to get into high scoring, crazy affairs, or nil nil draws. Uh, and this was apparently the former. Drew, what did you take away from the match uh, last weekend? Uh, I thought it was really good. Both defensive lines looked kind of shady on Carolina and on uh, Miami, but it was actually great to see them score three. Not only score three, but uh, the first goal coming in, I believe it was the seventh minute by Chavez. Uh, We were at the watch party, and we all kind of just had a minute-long pause, just assuming that would be called offsides or some officiating against it. So I think that was the longest period in time that I've actually not cheered after a goal because of uh, paranoia. And then once, you know, the ball was back in the center and the ref put it down, we all kind of just went nuts. So, yeah, it was great seeing them score early. It's kind of a a rare thing with our team. So hopefully uh, this kind of opens the faucet. And for those of you listening at home, Drew mentioning uh, refereeing and officiating, that's what we call foreshadowing. Pay attention. (laughs) We'll be talking about that in a couple of minutes. Uh, but I think the thing th- there were obviously uh, you know going on the uh, going on the road getting getting a point um, in this league, especially considering where the team had been uh, in the spring season. Uh, that's something that's worth noting and celebrating. Uh, but I really do think what what's kind of interesting and really worth taking away uh, is the production of uh, one player uh, that we had mentioned in our last podcast, Poku. And in a really exciting way, uh, the development and the contributions that Jaime Chavez has made so far in this uh, fall season. Yeah, he's, he's been a big success. I think uh, his first goal with our club was in the, uh, I think it was the Williamton Hammerheads game. But this second half of the season, he's been really lighting it up. So I hope he continues. It's great to see uh, the goal production flowing. But he seems like a very creative player, and it's it's kind of getting into form now. So... Hopefully he can, uh, well, what was his honors? He got NASL Player of the Week, so hopefully uh, we'll see more of that coming along in the upcoming weeks. Yeah, that's uh, that's very exciting uh, for him, you know, to, to get mentioned and noted by the rest of the league is always something I think that's worth celebrating for the club and, and for him. Like, that's really a, a tremendous achievement and, and something that I think is interesting and, and you know, I, I may be jinxing us, who knows, Um but I do remember very vividly uh, the away match against Carolina in the spring season. Uh, you know uh, when when we you know gathered at a uh, gathered at Fritz and Franz and watched that, and it was uh, uninspiring <laughs> to say the least. Uh, it was, and and this is as much on Carolina as it is on Miami. But it was one of the least entertaining matches I think I've ever seen uh, across almost all levels. It was dead, and and I don't know why, and I, I don't know. It's hard to really put a finger on it, but it was dull, and and that's something that I I I, 
looking at this match, to me, I always want to win. I, you know, entertaining soccer is fine, but wins more. To, to me, winning is more important than being entertained. I'll take one nil boring games all the time. But I would obviously prefer to see the team be entertaining, to have a an identity uh, that is kind of driven by the ability to to press and score the ball. Um, I think that we can take a look at the spring season performance in the same uh, venue against the same team and the fall performance in the same venue against the same team and say, okay, well, there's some building blocks. There's some progress going on here. Yeah, although to kind of counter it, there have been a lot of, you know, roster changes with Miami. But uh, with Carolina, they were a very hot team at the time. So it it was kind of hard to gauge that match because Carolina came out the gate so hot and then just started slumping. So I think they're still a good team. And, and, you know, it was a rough game, but to come out with three, I I was content. Sure, absolutely. Um, so uh, Miami goes in, uh, gets that point at Carolina. You know, it's it's one of those games where you have the lead and then you lose it and then you're mad that you blew an opportunity and then all of a sudden you're losing and you're desperate and you're chasing and you get it back and you are overjoyed that you can get, uh, you know, a result out of it. And you kind of look back on the totality of the game and you realize your emotions went a whole lot of different places over the course of 90 minutes, which of course is... Uh, um, you know, I guess why we all love this crazy, silly game that we do. Um, so I, I, I do want to talk about, this is a Day Brigade podcast, so I do want to talk about the Day Brigade angle of this. Uh, let's talk about how the, the fans turned out. Let's talk about the watch party at Fritz and Franz. Yeah, Fritz and Franz hosted our watch party as always. It was pretty good. We probably had, uh, I'd say about 25 to 30 Day Brigade members, which is good for a Friday night in Miami at a, Absolutely. at a German beer house. Uh, <laughs> One of also the advantages to scoring three goals is everybody received uh, three complimentary shots during the game, so that's always a plus side. Um, it was pretty interesting. There was some, there was some uh, uh, front office staff out there, but we definitely made a lot of noise, and there were a lot of kind of curious people there, so it's always good to kind of attract the uh, people to local soccer because all of a sudden they're eating dinner, and next thing you know, 30 people in there screaming at the TV seven minutes into a local soccer game, so... It's it's fun to watch them react to our passion. <laughs> I will admit, uh, I was unable to be at the watch party uh, for the Carolina game, regrettably. Uh, I did have a previously planned vacation to Chicago, which was very lovely. Uh, I was up there uh, to see uh, Fort Lauderdale get knocked out of the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, I jinxed them. Uh, you're welcome, Miami FC fans. Um, but I did appreciate getting the updates, the social media updates, the, the chat, and the other information uh, from the watch party, and again, drawing back on that previous Carolina game, I was at Fritz and Franz for that one, and, uh, you know, a nil-nil draw, it's a little hard to, to get the, the energy up, uh, in terms of, you know, get, get making the noise and getting people's attention, but like you said, Drew, uh, a 3-3 real knockout, drag-out kind of back-and-forth game, uh, it, it gets people's attention, because you can't help but be excited. Yeah, exactly, that's, like I was saying before, the, the people kind of, started watching the game and we got a lot of other people involved so it it was a really good turnout in time that's awesome i'm glad to hear it uh there's some really interesting plans i think that uh the day brigade has going forward over the next couple of weeks uh regarding tailgates and expanding more of what we do and reaching out to more people as well as some really good tifo designs that i think a lot of people will be looking forward to seeing um it's good to see the the 
the kind of grassroots nature of the group um, really starting to bloom. And, and now that we've gotten into this fall season and, and all of us kind of have a, a season under our belts or a half season, however you want to call it, yeah. um, you know, whatever that is. We Now that we have the spring season under our belts, I think a lot of us are really kind of finding the groove. And, and I think we've got some, some interesting stuff uh, coming up. But let's we'll, – we'll talk about that at a different time. What I do want to talk about now – is uh, of course it's it's a new week, so we have a new signing. That's right. Uh, uh, I, I think that this may be a specialty of the uh, the coach. Uh, I, I'm sure that Nesta is very excited to be getting a fellow countryman uh, into the fold, Vincenzo Rinella. Uh, we uh, will be hearing that name a lot. We hope. Um, Drew, what do you think about this signing? Um, it came as a shock, actually. I didn't. I thought we were kind of wrapping up all the signings, and the rumors were out. So it's it's not official yet. I believe. Well, by the time you hear this, it'll probably be coming out. Um, we actually found it, I guess, on a European transfer market website. I think it's a good signing, though. You know, we could use somebody up front, either with Dario or a sub to for Dario. Um, you know, who's going to go out? I'm thinking it's Campos. But, uh, that certainly may be a possibility. Yeah, and uh, you know this guy—he's 27 years old. He has a lot of—he uh, has some Serie A experience, uh, some Italian second division, some Spain second division. He's kind of jumped back and forth between the two, so it's—it's it's big getting a player like this in uh, American second division. So, you know, hopefully he'll—he'll he'll click with the team pretty well. Uh, we should credit the report. This is coming from uh, Futbolistos Liga Santander. Uh, it, it, they are a pretty trustworthy source, and and we have seen uh, in the past that you know usually <clears throat> when it comes to player signings, the the front office isn't exactly in a rush to announce it. Uh, that you can you know if you're if you've got your sources and you're aware of certain reliable places, you can be aware of the moves before they actually happen. So, I mean, it's, it's, as we know, with all soccer uh, transfer action, is there a possibility this all changes and, and until there is a, an official picture or something with the club? Sure. Uh, but we do have reason to believe that this is, this is something <clears throat> that could um, really uh, come to pass. Yeah. Uh, I do want to clarify, uh, Vincenzo Rinella is actually, he, he, does, he is an Italian football player, but he was born in France, so he's a, a true continental player all across Europe. Um, so, Drew, you were saying, I interrupted. Oh, no, I was going to say, I, I think you actually somewhat predicted this last week because I remember you mentioned the uh, kind of wacky European transfer market, and what do you know, Miami threw their hat into the mix. So, I'm telling you what, man, it's you, you never know. You just buckle your seatbelt and hold on and hope you can remember the, uh, the squad list by the time everything's done. <laughs> uh, so, yes, Vinci. We're, we will, uh, as a courtesy and as a public service, uh, we will be uh, making sure you know exactly what Vincenzo Ranella's name is pronounced like. Uh, and you'll be hearing it a lot. And we have actually gotten a YouTube uh, uh, a YouTube account, Pronounce Names, who has a, uh, a page, How to Pronounce Vincenzo Ranella. So, just in case you're not sure, take a listen. Vincenzo Ranella. So you all have homework. Make sure you get that. Get roll your R's. Uh, make sure you have that name down by the time Miami FC takes the field next time. Um, we'll get to that next time in a moment. But there is something I want to talk about 
uh, in NASL. Uh, and usually when, when members of Miami FC or people in South Florida talk about the Tampa Bay Rowdies, uh, it's, it's not exactly a sympathetic or a, a, a brotherly feeling. Uh, but their website uh, published something really interesting uh, this week, and I think it's something worth talking about, and I think it's something that you can agree or disagree with them, but I do think it's something that's that's a real interesting and positive contribution um, to the NASL in general, um, and that is a call-out uh, from the president of the team uh, directed at the NASL, specifically directed at the refereeing uh, in the league. Uh, this statement came from Bill Edwards, who is the chairman, CEO, and governor of the team. Um, he the, the team released this statement accompanied by a YouTube video documenting a number of calls that the team believes is, is wrong and, and grievously so. Uh, I want to read directly from his statement here. Uh, to Rowdy's fans and family, I have been quiet all season about the poor officiating that has been taking place at Rowdy's matches, but after Saturday night's match against the Cosmos, I feel compelled to speak out. It's become clear these calls are not going to, quote, even themselves out, end quote, over the remainder of the year. Uh, I want to skip ahead a little bit and say we have submitted the official NASL officiating evaluation form after every match, pointing out these deficiencies along the way. It seems those reports have been ignored. While I recognize that referees are human, I firmly believe we have the right to expect fair and consistent treatment no matter the referee, the opponent, or the venue. Our coaches and players work too hard to have their efforts negated by bad calls. Drew, what do you have to say about that? Um, I thought it was interesting. I I mean, obviously, there are always, always issues with refereeing in this league um, where he quoted the evening it out, which was pretty funny because last week we actually mentioned um, the makeup calls that were made during the the, uh, the game in the previous week. Yes, the Armada game. Yeah, and sorry, in the Armada game, there were some definite makeup calls in there. So I just thought it was funny that I was like, oh, we literally experienced it in our previous home game. Um, yeah, I think it kind of backfires though because i believe mls and nasl share the same like referee organization and uh in mls they do have they can overturn calls in the week like during uh the week after the game but in Mm -hmm. the nasl they don't follow the same rules so you know even if they have a committee review the calls it it comes out to be nothing you know they can't retract red cards or do any of that so I mean, it's going to come down to Bill Peterson and the NASL changing the rules completely over. So it it's good that he spoke out about it. I guess you, you have to at some point. But I think it's a bigger thing that they should talk about during the, the offseason in the front offices. Yeah, I definitely think that this is an example of... There's two things I think at play here, and, and, and the first thing I'm going to say is, is going to make it sound like I'm kind of condemning this, and I'm really not. Uh, like I said, I think it's a net positive. Uh, there is definitely some of this that is Bill Edwards and the Rowdies losing to a rival and being impacted by these calls and, and having some of this be emotional. Um, that is uh, – you have to acknowledge that. Uh, you, you're being disingenuous if you don't. However, I would also say this. Uh, I, I got into a, a, a chat or kind of a, a, a social media back and forth uh, with Abel, one of our members in the Day Brigade, 
And, you know, we were commenting about it, and there have been multiple games this year uh, involving just our team, Miami FC, that have been directly impacted by officiating. And it's not just, oh, that was a foul and that shouldn't have been. Or, no, it's that goals that were onside were off or vice versa. Penalties were called that no reasonable person would call. Big, 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 big calls. And I, I'm, I'm not the one to fix it. I, I'm, I'm not an expert in refereeing. And I do acknowledge that the referees, do, you know, we give them all kinds of, of heck during the, the course of a game. But they do have a tough job. But at the same time, if these, these wild calls, and, and like I said, if I didn't say so, I want to reiterate this. The, these calls have gone both ways. There have been, if, if you know, maybe this is me with my Miami, C, Miami FC glasses on, but I think more of them have gone against us than for us. But I don't think it's 90-10. I think it's something like 60-40. Um, and, and I do think that there is, it, it, it's dangerous when, when we as fans who are watching week to week see this happen over and over and over again. It really damages the credibility of the league and the referees themselves, and and this isn't necessarily an NASL problem, as you said. That, that you know the 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 pool that is being pulled is is um, who you would consider among the best referees in the sport that we have in this country. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't know. I you know we we talked about Drew. I, I know you you mentioned this a lot that you know it's it's NASL. You know, when something like this happens, we describe it describe it as NASL, and I think that's fine for us now. But to talk about the league actually being being considered a top tier league, a league that 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 is going to be kind of held up and discussed, I, I think it is something the NASL wants to reckon with. If it's not fixing the referees, because that may not be an option, then like you said, considering a system that would allow the referees to be better by fixing errors that are made after the fact. Yeah, I saw a comment from Peterson also saying they do kind of the the referee and the game evaluation sheets afterwards. But if there's no, you know, consequences or any changes being made, you know, what's the point of filling it out? Yeah, I think that's a real problem. You know, like what what is uh, going off sport for a second, but I think it's a really relevant topic. Uh, the the last two minute report that the NBA has been issuing this year. And, you know, there have been some people that say, oh, what's the point? The game's over. How do you go back and change it? Well, you can see what referees are messing up. You can see what specific things are really getting botched by the total body of referees over and over and over again. And you can point them out and help fix them. And and I don't know what the NASL procedure is for helping referees who referee NASL games uh, get better. And I think that's it's incumbent on the commissioner to say, uh, yeah, you know, they're not perfect and they're not going to be perfect, but this is how we're going to try to help them be more perfect through this and that and the other. We're going to review these reports and we're going to share with the the public what these reports say, and we're going to detail what things referees should be focusing on based on these reports. Like the the structure is there. That's what's funny is that these reports exist. And and there there's a there is a procedure kind of calling out waiting to be laid out to the public, but it's not being done yet. And I think that you know if a if a member franchise if a member club is coming out and saying this publicly, there's a problem. And and and, and I don't think it's just 
sour grapes. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, also, I think the timing was just bad, too, you know, and the fact that they put it out on social media, it that's where it becomes a, uh, more of a reaction of the loss than a, than a statement, you know, if that, I felt like it could have been done better if they got a bunch of the teams together and made, you know, a combined, oh, I a combined agree. statement or got it a little more organized, but, you know, right, right after that game to, to put that out there in that way, it's just kind of a cheapy shot, but. I'll go if back I to were, it. That's the NASL. <laughs> yeah, this, that's true. If I were Bill Edwards, I would, with sometime within the next week, come out with a plan. What do you want done? Um, you know, it because like, like the, one of the first things I said, they played the Cosmos and lost. Like the when the Rowdies when the Rowdies are, are getting negatively impacted and it's coming from the Cosmos, they're not going to be happy about it. Duh, we all know this. You know, it's 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 a very important rivalry in a in NASL. So. The fact that they're going to be heated about this, not a shocker. Um, but if you're really serious about it, to Bill Edwards and to the Rowdies, not telling you how to handle your business, but what's your plan? How do you want this improved? It can't just be on the commissioner. It has to be, you think something's wrong? How do you think? How do you want to go about fixing it? And then we can put it out into the air, and then we can start discussing it and debating it and saying, well, maybe this works and this doesn't. I think that if, like we've been talking about, if you want to avoid the the tag of it being sour grapes, the the team they've got to come out and, and say something. Uh, but it definitely is, you know, in in these dog days of summer, when you're kind of stuck week to week waiting for games, it was quite interesting to see that the other night and uh, kind of have things liven up a bit uh, over the course of uh, this week here. Um, so. Um, the, back from the Rowdies, uh, let's bring it back to Miami FC and let's close this thing out. Let's talk about the match to come. Let's talk about Indy. Drew, what do you want to see from the team uh, in our next game? Uh, I want to see a victory, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly it's, agree. It's another home game and, you know, Indy won the spring season, right? But uh, most I, Yes, of, I believe so. Most of those games were, they were kind of the kings of drawing. I think they won it undefeated, but they had a decent amount of draws, so... I just I really want to see them get beaten. I want to see a home victory. So combine the two, Colombian Heritage Night. First five thousand people get a commemorative coin. Let's do this. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> think that it's uh, you know I love I love collectibles. I love commemorative coins. Um, so yeah, it was a nil nil draw uh, at home. Uh, that was the last home game of the regular season. Yeah, that was a uh, I, 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 I you know it's funny is I had a hard time remembering that game. And then I looked at the Miami FC website and saw, oh, it was the game after the Hammerheads game. Yeah, that was a rough couple weeks. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I was like, all of a sudden, it all came flooding back to me. Um, like you said, and it's something that discussed last week and worth mentioning again. I, I like the idea of the front office, uh, you know, theming nights. I like the idea of coming out and, uh, you know, creating, you know, a reason for people to come uh more than soccer, you know, no, I don't think anyone who's a true fan of this club can say, oh, well, we're a big enough draw that we're on our own and we don't need promotions or we don't like that's absurdity. So the, I, I like this idea. Um, I, I think it'll be a good way to draw people out uh, to the old Ocean Bank. Um, I, I think it'll be a good game. And, and like you said, you know, Indy is a very solid team that's kind of hard to pick the lock that they 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 go for 
you know, wins at home and draws on the road. And, and to them, that is their recipe for success. And so far, it's it's kind of worked out for them. So I, I, I think that a win uh, this weekend is definitely a statement of intent from Miami FC if they are able to get the three points. Even though it's a home game and you should win your home games, uh, Indy's the real deal. They're able to really control a game. Uh, they, they kind of usually get the results they want. So if Miami can come out, especially if they can come out and get something like a, like a two nil or a three one, so, you know, continue that momentum uh, like from a, Carolina. Or like a seven nothing. Uh, yeah, seven nothing is always great. Slaughter. Always welcome. Yes. <laughs> yeah, a real uh, a real Mexico uh, Chile result that would be quite positive. Uh, so uh, that game, of course, uh, we're all looking forward to it here in the Day Brigade. Um, that game, eight o'clock. Saturday, July 30th, that is at FIU Stadium, as it's listed on uh, on Miami FC's website. It is being broadcast on BN, so it is the game of the week. Uh, but if you're in Miami or environs near, uh, come on out. Uh, come on out to the tailgate. Our, our tailgate uh, will be located on the east side of the stadium, right underneath the big scoreboard, so we can get lots of shade. Um I, Drew, why don't you mention a little bit about the the tailgate before we wrap up? I'd just like to mention. I heard that if we lose the game, uh, Darren McCarthy said he was going to fight a bear after the game. So I'm just throwing that <laughs> out there. Well, now you kind of make me want to lose a little bit. I think that would be quite a show. So I, I think I think it's got to be a win. I, th- I, th- I think let's switch that up a bit. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll have that at the post game tailgate. There we go. Uh, there we go. So so uh, like I said, come check us out. Uh, you know the the east side of the stadium will have you know drinks uh, both for kids and adults if that's the way you'd like to put it some beer and non beer options. Uh, we'll we'll hopefully have some food. I saw a grill out there last time. Very excited. Well, we had food, but some some hot foods. I saw a grill going. Uh, we got pop up goals. We got a we got a soccer ball. We're gonna have a real good time. Uh, I wonder if we're gonna three. have any. Yeah, I think we're gonna have some three on three action that may or may not kill me. Yeah. Um, I wonder if we'll have any Indy 11 visitors like we had Jacksonville fans. What do you think? Uh, I highly doubt it, but if there are, they're more than welcome to come out. Yeah, no, it'll be a, a, I'm putting the call out. Uh, David Letterman, get your people down from Indiana. Um, so uh, that'll wrap that up. Uh, Drew, uh, again, thank you for joining us. Episode 2 is in the books. I really do appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, for Drew Hausman, I'm Matthew Bunch. Again, this has been Magic City Soccer. Uh, Be sure to listen to us next week, and until then, go Miami FC and go Miami soccer.